electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Money starts right now, live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, David Seberg, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, home builders suddenly hot again, up 7% from the lows last month, and it could lead to a major breakout for one Dow stock. We've got the details. And speaking of breakouts, check out Twitter soaring to its highest level in more than three years. But the traders say there's a different social stock you should be buying right now. We will tell you what that is. Plus, we are just moments away from President Trump's meeting with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at the G7 summit in Quebec. That's a live shot right there of the beautiful scenery. We will bring you the very latest headlines as they come out. But first, we've got to start off with the markets shaking off trade tensions. The Dow posting its best week in three months, up 3%. This all had a three key events next week. So tonight, it is your mission should you choose to accept it. Do you continue to buy stocks in the face of the North Korea summit, the looming AT&T Time Warner decision, and the one-two punch of central bank meetings all next week? Guy. I'd love to say no, Mel. you got to be cautious here. And you know what? I, that's my instinct to say that. But the reality is, and this market has told you, that the answer is yes, you do that. And, I, and here it is. So if President Trump goes to Singapore on Tuesday, I believe, right, and walks away within 24 hours with no deal, the market shrugs it off. If by some miracle he pulls a rabbit out of the hat and they walk out of there arm in arm, S&P is going to be up 100 handles. So I think the risk to this market continues to be upside. I'm not trying to be glib, but that's just the way the market has now traded for the last month and a half. That is one event, though. We've got so it many. Is one, We've that, got to me, but that's the, the big meeting, event. The Fed meeting, the probability is 100 percent they're going to raise rates. Mm -hmm. So that's already there. Yeah, ECB, but the statement, we don't know. Like, they're going to we, don't, we don't know the statement, but I, but I think people are, are looking at them raising and leaning dovish. Uh -huh. ECB, I think, is the wild card. North Korea, to Guy's point, I, I think he's in a no-lose situation with North Korea. And with the G7, we've already taken it uh, in the market already. So I think that's behind us. So risk to the upside as well. I, the market rallied into all yeah. of these events that we're talking about. Yeah. The, only, the only question is if they do a sell the news event, which I think that could though? be mitigated. I mean, seriously, I don't know what you guys well, are talking about. Why is, North North Korea, why is North Korea big news for the market? For the market, market nothing's nothing's going to get done. Sold off Any, anybody who thinks that there's something that's going to get done here, I think, is But the market sold is, off when he gets land. The was market it? sold off. A couple I, the, mar the, when it the market hasn't so been selling it? off on anything. So that's the, my point. I mean, the look market at sold off on May 25th. He canceled the meeting. The market sold off. So to say that the market doesn't care I've got about a split it. Screen. I mean, now I got to work with this. All right. So <laughs> you know, bottom line, Steve, is I, I think I didn't know. see the see you had the luxury of seeing the. Now you can see. You have to have the periphery. I'm looking at things all over the field. So look, bottom line is I don't think I don't. I think trade tensions. I think issues with China are a big deal. I think ultimately the global trade dynamics, which have if you listen to these, these beige book surveys and if you listen to regional ISMs, 
People are concerned in this country about trade issues, and trade issues have been the biggest impediment. But bottom line here, we're at the top of the range on the, on the S&P at 2,800. Why do we need to go through higher? ECB is a major risk. Let's not forget about Italy. If anything, that puts a bid to the dollar, which won't be good. So the risk is to the downside in your view? Yes. Mm. Uh, no, I, I guess think, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I look, we haven't talked about one thing, the telephone time Warner deal. If that gets approved and what happens to sentiment in general, I look at it and say that's a major catalyst, in my opinion. I, I mean, everything else aside for you a moment. You think that happens? Beyond I, the I think Get, I think it gets done. I, beyond it, because you look at what tre President Trump has done with Amazon, for instance, based on the fact that Jeff Bezos, they own the Washington Post. It's like there was a direct attack on whether or not Amazon should be should be looked at. What does the AT&T have to do with Amazon? I, well, I'll tell you what it has to do with that. I think if the government loses this case, I think that it, they, they would have egg on their face to the point that I do not think that they would actually press any other nonsense when it comes to Is the this Amazon a government that shies else? away and ever no, thinks no, that they've actually failed at something? I, I think you have to look at it very uh, they eyes wide open. They go harder. Oh, absolutely not. I think if they have egg on their face, they will back off for a period of time. And that narrative around the fact that Amazon could be a monopoly or they could be going after Amazon for whatever reason, I think that comes off the table and it's positive. By the way, my favorite place... I'm sorry, guys. Oh. We got to interrupt. We have breaking news here. President Trump is meeting with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau right now. So uh, let's listen Good in. Jobs. For folks on, on both sides of the border and around, we both got elected on a commitment to grow the middle class and help those working hard to join it. And that's exactly the kinds of things that we're, uh, we're going to stay focused on. And it's a pleasure to have you here, Donald. Well, Justin, it's been really great. And I appreciate, you know, uh, Justin has agreed to cut all tariffs <laughs> and all trade barriers <laughs> between Canada and the United States. So uh, I'm very happy so about I'd say that. NAFTA's in good shape. But we are actually working on it. We are actually working on it. But uh, our relationship is very good. We are actually working on cutting tariffs and making it all very fair for both countries. And we've made a lot of progress today. We'll see how it all works out. But we've made a lot of progress. It could be that NAFTA will be a different form. It could be uh, with Canada, with Mexico, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, much simpler agreement, much easier to do, I think better for both countries, but we're talking about that among other things. But the relationship is uh, probably better, as good or better than it's ever been. And I think we'll get to something very beneficial to Canada and to the United States. Excellent. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup tout le monde. Merci. We didn't we didn't discuss it. We didn't cover it. We'll see you guys set. We'll see you I guys think we'll tomorrow. have a joint session. Merci tout le monde. Merci tout le monde. always like this. And that was President Trump and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, all smiles and also talking about cutting tariffs to the benefit of both the United States as well as Canada. Let's go to Kayla Tashi, who's got more in Quebec for us. Kayla. Melissa, and having that conversation in a very congenial manner with many laughs, despite the fact that the tone between the two countries took a turn around the end of May when a NAFTA deal failed to materialize. And after that, the president put those steel and aluminum tariffs in place. They said they were going to be discussing uh, both of those things. The president repeating a familiar refrain that uh, he's trying to get a better deal, uh, but potentially that he could be doing a separate deal with Canada and a separate deal with Mexico. Worth noting, Canada's uh, foreign minister held a press conference just before this bilateral, setting the stage for U.S.-Canada relations at this G summit. She said she met with uh, the top trade official from the U.S., Ambassador Robert Lighthizer, here in Canada beforehand, uh, that there is still a joint communique that is in the works. It is not finalized, but it is 
in the works. And Minister Freeland saying that uh, there is no place for Russia in Canada's view in the G7, despite the fact that President Trump uh, made a surprise overture to Russia this morning, suggesting that they rejoin the negotiating table after being expelled about four years ago. So we will see whether uh, these two very... Uh, charismatic leaders together can actually reach any substantive policy uh, decisions during this bilateral meeting. But it certainly seems like from a body language perspective and from a charisma perspective, they're starting off on a good foot. Taylor, any word on the rescheduling of the meeting with uh, French President Macron? We are still waiting, Melissa, to hear when that will be scheduled. Uh, both sides seem to be uh, hedging for the potential that it won't happen. The French uh, putting out a tweet on President Macron's official Twitter page showing the two leaders talking together. The White House press secretary, who is here in Canada, also putting out a statement saying that, uh, that the two leaders had a brief pull-aside here uh, in Canada and that they talked about trade, they talked about North Korea, they talked about some other issues, saying that it was a cordial encounter. Uh, so both sides addressing the fact that they've already met, they've already talked, however, briefly, uh, and we're still awaiting word on whether a longer expanded sit down is going to happen. All right, Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tausche joining us from Quebec covering the G7 summit today for us. Um, this is this fits perfectly into our conversation because, Steve, you had mentioned that the markets were going into this not expecting anything. Could the actually risk be to the upside because something could actually come out of it, which is something that was completely unexpected when all the headlines were crossing G6 plus one, et cetera? I think that the markets had sold off. Uh, worried about what was going to take place. Now, when you start to see a little bit of softer lines, with NAFTA, he was worried. Trump was worried about sunset clause. That's what we heard from from Prime Minister Trudeau, where he said that, that the sunset clause was what was the sticking point. That we're very close to having an agreement on NAFTA. Market sold off on that. On that, steel stocks moved on that. And now, while everyone plays nicely in the sandbox on this weekend, I do think that you'll probably get this lift. To your point lift sort of sideways to higher coming out of at least the G7. So I agree that the expectations aren't high, but I, I just look at market positioning and I tell you outside of a couple sectors. But what does this mean? I, I, steel prices. Let's go right there because steel companies should be doing a lot better than doing. HRC, hot rolled coil, steel prices, at, at record highs, certainly very clearly 10-year highs. They were at 350 in 2015. Steel companies are making more money in EBITDA positive right now. Get back in that trade. Commodities have been very weak over the last couple of weeks. And I mean the underlying equities, even though commodities have held in. So, you know, I'm not dismissing what Tim said. By the way, it's Frontierland was my favorite, not Fantasyland. You said Steve and I were in Fantasyland. And I would love to agree with you because you happen to be right. But the zeitgeist of this you market... You in Frontierland, my friend. I, I don't really care. I mean, is but, that it shrugs off the yeah. negative news yeah. and it reacts to zeitgeist. the positive news. Right. Not, a, not a bad word. I'd Good love to agree you. with so Tim, we too. Would, job, there was upside coming out of G7, <laughs> which was largely unexpected. Yes. It would react to the upside. I, I no do doubt. think the risk is to the upside. I think the market will try to take out the previous high made whenever it was in, in early December. I, I agree. January. And I think you have to look at even sectors that, you know, have caught a bid to them recently just from a rotational perspective. There's momentum to this tape. So, again, financials, financials. I mean, anything here that has any positive tone coming out of this, I think will keep that momentum going. Look, because we're a trading show, I, I want to make it clear. I am not bearish on the world, but I can tell you at 2800 on the S&P in this environment with the Fed and the ECB next week, and those are the two biggest risks for the market. Why do you think these things are going to melt higher? I don't think so.
coming up. Social butterflies, Twitter and Snap surging today and both up 30% in the last month. With Facebook and regulatory crosshairs again, are these stocks the best way to get in on social media? The traders will debate that. Plus, home builders on a bit of a stealth rally up 7% from the recent lows. It could lead to new highs for one major Dow component. We've got all the details. And let's play a little Jeopardy. Love it. To break, love Jeff, yeah. right? Come on. Nice. Come on. Uh, this stock is down 35% in the last year. It is one of the highest yielding stocks in the S&P 500, and it is trading at 30% discount to its average analyst price target. I, I want to know. Guess what it is? The answer. I should say the question mm. later this hour. Oh, I can't. Mm. I can't, We're I can't wait. Times Square at the Nasdaq. Much more fast. Still ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. Some social butterflies spreading their wings. Take a look at the double-digit gains in Snap and Twitter from just this week. Twitter catching a bit higher on news of the stock joining the S&P 500 this week, replacing Monsanto. So which of the two is a better bet right now? This is sort of like a form of what's would that game that would we you play? Rather. Would you rather? Oh, my goodness. Grasso. So I'm long both of them, so I don't really have to choose. But shorter term, Twitter, I, I, I'm going to hold on longer term. Snap for me was a trade. I bought it below $11. It's popped. I, I'm big on retracement levels, so I look at the $22 high. Let's go back to February. Then I go to the recent low, which is basically 10 and a half. And then I do some retracement levels. I get a price of between 16 and 17. So that's what I'm looking for near term in Snap for a pop, maybe about $3 higher. Twitter, I'm going to stay in. I believe that they have a fundamental reason why they exist. What happened yeah. with Twitter in this breakout? What, what was it's the ridiculous. catalyst? I mean, beyond the S&P Besides that, it's crazy. Edition. Look, look, you look at the valuation of this company. I mean, just I know I know, I get it wrong. I watch this thing gap up. But no, I also we, we I get, get a lot it right of when wrong, it was David. really high. But we all you look do. at this company, you say, on, on a revenue multiple for 2019, it's trading at two turns higher than Facebook. And Facebook's growing their sure. ad revenue at roughly 28% versus a, a Twitter at, you know, I don't know, 12, 6, or what well, have you. It's, it's totally, totally mispriced here in my opinion on a valuation basis if i were to buy one i'd buy snap for a trade i would avoid twitter at all costs i mean they're not I growing we, their u.s but i subs. would think we would all acknowledge that in, in Techland, especially with some of these these hot shot you know go-go stocks um you're not buying it on valuation and i certainly have been wrong on that too so let's be clear right. you're not buying twitter on valuation you're buying, you're buying on dau growth, growth. You're, you're buying on actually delivering earnings in the last two quarters right. you're, you're buying it on the sense that so now you're starting growth? to get DAU traction growth? where's the growth? we've seen the DAU there's been there's been there's we've been five percent dau growth hold the phones chuck but can you mean that movie right that's right. Night shift. Yeah. Michael what you have, you Bottom have. line here, anyway. tw Twitter is delivering in a way that no one expected that they would, and, and no one really cares uh, as much about that DAU what growth. Price? Other than what price? What price? You guys are all talking at the same time. I mean, granted, this is a Friday show, but please, <laughs> let's have a little decorum. They're finally making money. There's a reason to buy them. You were, the, the Twitter was running before they were making money. Now they're making money. It's going to be a beta chase at this point. People are looking for, they actually look like the grown-ups in the room. When you compare them to a snap, where Everyone thinks, okay, this is just a flyer. How about Facebook? Or? No, no, no. No, what? Oh, you, I don't know. I'm okay, still okay. trying to find right, another Facebook. game. Would you rather? All right, all right. I'll put it in the prism through which you want uh, to look. Thank you. I appreciate it. Facebook that. or Twitter? Twitter. Here. The culture of our country is being shaped, being formulated each day, every day on Twitter, and people are starting to figure that out, whether you like it or not. And I've been a believer for a while. Wrong on the way down, but now we've been right on the way up. And at a certain point, I think people are waiting for this to take the elevator down. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to continue to take the stairs higher. So if you want me to play the game, which I love, Twitter. Wow. Yeah. 
Here's the other thing. I mean, people punished Twitter when they punished Facebook for the same things. And frankly, they got those facts wrong. Um, so uh, if you look at what Twitter's doing, that's not how they're handling their data. Um, the DA growth, DAU growth is, is look, it's, it's low single digits. That's right. better than they've been doing in a long time. And that's the kind of growth that people actually when are Facebook gets that letter from right. the Senate Intelligence Committee to show up uh, and, and explain why they have a, a data sharing agreement with Huawei. Yeah. What, what happened to this well, stuff? Well, look what happened to it recently. I mean, we saw a pullback on that, we, and we saw it quickly bought, right? And, and the fact is the ad buyers or the ad, you know, the advertisers aren't pulling back from the platform because it's a premier platform. They've got scale, and they've got the ability to distribute, and they've, they've been incredibly uh, consistent on customizing that. So Twitter, they're not growing their U.S. business. It's totally saturated. They haven't grown their U.S. business. This last quarter, they grew Japan. Japan's their second largest market. That's an absolutely inferior Inferior but David, I feel, advertising I feel as if vehicle. you're looking backwards, though, and, I, and I'm trying. No, I'm, not I'm, not, I'm, not being, I'm not being I, mean I about this, but I feel as if you're looking backwards to Facebook, where Some we should have been there, comparing the two names, and now we're comparing the future. What what you have going ahead of so you? What's the Facebook, future for Twitter? What, what happens when you have to opt in? Wait, hang on, hang on, a medium it. to communicate with the entire world, and they can't grow their U.S. business. That's what, ha- what, happens when, what happens when Facebook, to Melissa's point, what happens when you have to finally opt in, not opt out? Now you have to opt in on using all of your... Everyone says that all of your I, information is on the web and we should have all known that we were naive. I, I but when you that. have to opt in, then that behemoth of the ad, ad sales revenue is going to come not out and the helium no, is going to I, I come disagree out. With that. I, think, I don't think that's an immediate impact. I think it takes a lot of time for that to transition. And I do not think there's... You don't even have to wait. To Tim's point, but, you don't have to wait to so Twitter. So why is it Twitter? on 2019 so, estimates, well, hold basically? I want to get something clear on, on Facebook's... I mean, on Twitter's numbers. I mean, they grew Second quarter, second quarter revenue is about 27 percent. They grew international about 51. It doesn't I mean, matter. They, they're growth, absolutely growing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're a growth manager. You're not looking for them to grow revenues or monetize at this point in time. You're looking for vehicles that they can grow the business into a, a multiple of what it is, and that's not happening. It's interesting. David mentioned this president and Twitter. There was a president in the 1930s into the early 1940s who did for radio what President Trump is doing. Did for you Twitter. vote for him? His, I did. That was yeah. my first that's election. Right. FDR, yeah. his second term. <laughs> yes. And look what happened to radio. Just uh, putting it out there. Chats. Fireside chats. Fireside chats. Fireside chats. Um, you know what else broke out this week? My face. Tesla. I'm not. I didn't mean that. Stock surging 9% this week. Uh, in two months, the stock getting a big upgrade from Nomura today. So do you buy here, Guy? Yes. I, and again, you, we're talking about Tesla. It held that 280 level. It had a spate of bad news over the last month and a half. Listen, I know it traded below 280, tested at 240 level. But since it's held 280 a couple times, it's been off to the races. Now I think people need a reason to buy it or, excuse me, to sell, sell it, it instead yeah. of buy it. The onus is on the bears. I believe so. At this point. Grasso? I, I actually bought, added to it at that level 280. That held. I, I figured it, it traded a little bit lower than a touch lower. This is nowhere near close to a sure thing. But this reached peak pessimism. This was the same type of thing that Snap reached. And if they can get those productions level from 3,500 to 5,000, the risk is to the upside. We see these price targets that are marching in that are above 400, not to say that it's a magnet, not to say that it's a, it's a sure thing. But to me, I still believe that this goes much higher. I would say 350 for starters, and then we'll talk. I mean, they get to 5,000, and the capital raise is yeah. pretty much off the table, or that's what 
yeah. uh, is believed. And I think that was a concern. So I, I do agree with Steve 100%. I think the risk is now to the upside. And I think 350 is that magic number where you take it off. If it breaks down again, 250, in my opinion, is where I'd want to step in so from a trading point. bulls on Tesla Well, here, guess Tim. what? I'm there. Last, and and I'll tell you what, I, the way I look at this is they're at 2720 at the end of April. I'll see 5,000 when we actually get that, all right? So there is a lot of cash burn. The, the multiple does not make sense. And to assume that these guys have no competition is really getting extremely silly. Still ahead, Thank home you. builders on fire could lead to new highs for one major Dow stock. We've got all the details. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money and CNBC First in Business Worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. Wow, times have changed. But there's something in the charts that suggests now could be the time to buy cigarette stocks. We'll explain. Plus, three to win. Let it ride. We're heading out to Belmont in search of a triple crown and four long shot stocks. Those names when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. History is on the line this weekend as Justify attempts to become the second undefeated horse ever to win the highly coveted triple crown. Our Eric Chemi is trackside at Belmont Park with more on that story. Hey, Eric. Hey, Melissa. So tomorrow at Belmont, the big race, Justify is going for the triple crown. And here's the thing. When you have a triple crown opportunity, the numbers are so much bigger. You look at TV ratings. Instead of a typical 6 million people, it's 20 million people for a triple crown race. And the betting numbers are so much bigger. Instead of $50 million bet for a typical Belmont, you could see 80 million, you could see $100 million bet on that one race tomorrow. But it's not just that. Justified. He's got his own sponsorship deal. Wheels up the private jet company. They agreed to a record seven-figure dollar deal. That's crazy for a horse. Their logo is going to be all over the jockey, the owners, the horse, everywhere. And then the biggest amount of money, the breeding rights. It's been reported that Justify could get a $60 million deal just for the breeding rights. So there's a lot of money on the line tomorrow. And this is one of those rare sports where people are not rooting for the long shot. Back to you, Melissa. All right, Eric, thank you. Eric Chemi out at Belmont. This is going to be a historic race. And you can watch this race, by the way, on NBC. So, Guy, are you going to I'll watch watching, the race, right? but I'm you telling watch. you folks, you, you write this down. You can come back on Monday or yeah. Tuesday. Justify will not win. Won't be what? in the money. Ooh. I'm telling you right Vino Rosso, I'm telling you right now, watch that horse, a Todd Pletcher horse. No, way that horse will win. I would, so, and I will do the opposite. Um, yeah, take the other right. side of that. Just because okay. Vino Rosso. I'm just in saying. In lieu of final trades, we thought this would be a good time to pick triple crown trades. So stocks that keep on winning. Tim, kick it off. Well, I think Google's that stock because they beat you on valuation. They beat you on growth. And they beat you ultimately. They're in the right space. They are <laughs> definitely a place on the Internet and the search. Go with I'm going to get a nice bet on, on this telephone AT&T getting done, staying long telephone, actually buying more ahead of this, and I think that it's going to win. Grasso. Tesla, a lot of times, is a long shot. Sounds like a horse's name. Tesla. Fucking hat. Tim, Tim looked great in his picture. He had a jacket on with his crown. You put Tim's up instead of mine. Of course. Mr. Red, by the way, Discovery Communications, I watched Ooh. your show today there, Mel. Yes. Very good job All by right. me. That does it for us here on Fast. See you back here Monday at 5. Don't go anywhere. Options Action starts right after this. For a What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. 
Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 